Can you believe it? And it's real this time. Not like that other time that we said when we were back and uh, the, I haven't edited those episodes yet. I was going to say, I don't think anybody else knew that, but you and I did. You and I know, and our guests know. Now they a, do. A few select people know. Uh, but this time it's real because I have an obligation to do this one, <laughs> as opposed to, hey, maybe we'll bring the podcast back. So we're back, Paul. We're back, baby. Just like those dinosaurs. I made that joke last time, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Just like those Don Bluth. Was it Don Bluth? Fuck. It was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Like those Don Bluth dinosaurs. We're back. And we're going to get weirdly scary. Also like those Don Bluth dinosaurs. That's true. It made me cry. Did it? Uh, yeah. Well, that kind of tugs at my heartstrings a little bit for some reason. I think it was when, didn't, didn't, didn't the big orange one pick up that? No, I'm thinking of a, an Arthur joke. <laughs> I thought <laughs> Okay, go to go to the Arthur joke. What's the Arthur joke? Was it Arthur? It was Arthur or the Simpsons. I can't remember which one. But it's like one of those like tiny sponge things, and you get them wet and then they get really big. Oh, you're thinking of the Simpsons. It is the Simpsons, yeah. And then it eats Lisa and it's all wet and spongy and smells like gross water. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. That didn't happen and we're back. And can you imagine if that happened in Arthur? Also, welcome to Nostalgia Entertainment System. That's true. Welcome to Nostalgia Entertainment System. The show about remembering things. The show about remembering. Thank you so much, Paul. I don't remember how we did this. I'm glad you remember. I'm an expert. I actually listened to an episode of this while I was asleep one time. And so I think that's really what did it. <laughs> really? I'm the we host We put you now. to sleep, huh? Yeah. They put me to sleep and I came back. Wow. Better than ever. Better than ever, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. I'm glad you remember how the show was introduced because... It's been so long. Actually, you know what? As a fun fact, someday you'll hear all about how I don't remember how to intro the show. Mm -hmm. It'll probably be like three episodes worth. Unless it was the lost episode. Uh, That's true. We can talk about that, I guess. We have a lost episode. Yeah, we did an episode where we uh, essentially ranked our friends. It's probably good that we lost it. It is. It's, you know, in (laughs) retrospect, yes, it's a a good thing that I lost. I don't know how I lost it. Like, legitimately, I don't know. Um, well, I guess I do know. We have a different recording setup, and I'm not recording directly to my computer anymore. I have to record an, an SD card, and in the shuffle, it disappeared. Yeah. Basically, what we did was we had a road trip friend draft, so we drafted which friend we would take with us on a road trip. And, uh, I mean, it was funny. The it point was very was funny. That we were trying to alienate our, our Well, we really friends. only picked people that would listen to the show. And had been on the podcast before. That's too. true. That was, that was the rule. Yeah, you had to have um, been on the show. It was a guest draft. Yeah, but nobody will know now. Because no one will know. That episode is gone forever, living only in our memories. So rest assured, Max, you are both of our number one picks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. We broke the draft rule, and you're on both teams. <laughs> Josh and I held hands the entire time and picked the exact same group. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, since we're back, it's time to do a podcast. We can't All do right. a podcast without a guest. That's true. We do have a wonderful special guest with us. We have the mercurial icon and the voice of your generation, Charlie McCorn. 
Hello, thank you so much for having me. I want to say I am great on road trips. Like, I will buy snacks, I will pay gas, I will let you play whatever music you want. So just heads up, I'm a great, Ooh. great road trip. Well, whenever mm. we bring back the guest draft, uh, we'll keep this in mind. Yeah, you're going to be tied for that number one spot, mm -hmm. I think. There is, so is there like a, a road trip combine that people go to? Like, you see like how quick they can like get out and use the bathroom, how quick they can gas up the car. Is it stats-based like no. that? <laughs> that would be that pretty funny. <laughs> Like a competition, yeah, we could get everybody together. That's pretty funny. Hmm. Where would you, I don't know, I would probably be low ranked in all of those. Do you think so? I think so. I mean, you and I did just drive to Great Falls together. That's and you true. did not ask to stop to pee once. I didn't need to. No, I was the one who had to stop to pee. Hmm. I'm, I'm, like, I'm pretty conscious about that. I don't like having to stop to pee. And I don't know what, I think it's just because I'm getting older, but like, I just have to pee too frequently sometimes. I, I, I can't, I can't, I told you this before, Paul, but yeah. I can't drink a beer before a movie without fail 20 minutes in, I'm going to have to pee. And then once I do that, well, I might as well just not have seen the movie. My problem is, is that I do have to pee a lot, but if I'm on a road trip, I want to make sure I'm not going to get arrested in whatever bathroom I have to use. That's fair. Yeah. You don't want to get that happen to you. No, I do not. No, I do not. <laughs> I went to, I went to Spokane this last weekend for a show mm -hmm. and uh, just like going through Idaho, I'm like, I'm just going to hold it. I'm just going to hold it. I'm just going to yep. hold it. That seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I would prank pretty low on any road trip stat. What are the stats? What are the key stats? Yeah. Um, now I'm trying to think of what those would be. Yeah. Well, you met, you mentioned some pretty good ones. Yeah. Uh, let's say willingness to buy gas. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a good one. Like provisions provider. What's your, what's your snack game on a road trip? Like what, what do you bring to the car? What do you provide? Are you beef jerky? Are you, are you uh, see, that's the thing. I usually don't. Okay, so see, pretty I'm, low in the see, stats. I'm pretty I'm low say. on this whole totem pole thing. I'm not, I'm not giving much to the party. Hmm. I'm pretty self-serving. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm usually bringing uh, sunflower seeds okay. if I'm driving, especially because that's the wake-up trick, you know, for me. Sunflower seeds, and then uh, I like some bugles. Only bugles, uh, or only on a road trip, do I do bugles. Bugles are tough because you want to put them on your fingers, but if you're driving, like they're just going to get all over, get mm -hmm. your steering wheel all Can gross. you buy bugles at a normal store? Yeah. You can? Yeah. I've never. Oh, okay. I thought they only sold them in gas stations now. I thought they only sold them at music stores. Because <laughs> <laughs> they work so well for picking on your guitar. <laughs> and they work great for placing the needle on your record player. Yeah, true. My record player's needle actually is a bugle right now. Yeah. Wow, so. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All my records are bugle fucked. sounds. What? Does it only play bugle sounds? Yeah, it does. It's the boogie woogie bugle boy of company being his old Andrew's sister's records. Exactly. I was hoping for taps, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> uh, no, but the amount of car crashes, Charlie, that I've been in, because mm. I'm putting the bugles on my fingers, I've wrecked so many cars. It's a real problem. It should do, I mean, all the billboards about not doing meth. The real problem is do not put, bill, do not put bugles on your fingers. Put those on the billboards. Mm -hmm. Click it or ticket. There should be a cool rhyme for it. Uh, yeah, what would it be? Uh, uh, witches can't drive? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, someone put that on a shirt. Someone put that on a shirt. <laughs> witches can't drive. And then it's got a, I don't know, would it be a picture of a witch crossed out or would it be bugles, like literal bugles on there? I think it would have to be that because I feel like there would be some sort of lawsuit with people who practice witchcraft. They're going to get who mad all, For the record, are all horrible drivers. Exactly. I stand by that. <laughs> Listen, witches, stay off our roads, stay on your brooms. Why would you want to get in a you car? You have all this airspace. Why are you taking up the roads? Yeah. Plus, they're not high enough to run into planes. You have pretty much the entirety You've of... got that whole middle section. you got to worry about drones, and that's about it. 
That's even then, true. drones are pretty restrictive, so you got pretty much free reign. That is a good. That is a good point. Which is hitting drones. I never even thought about that. That must be so frustrating. For that's got to yeah. Which is V drones? That's a movie, right? Witches versus drones. I've heard that actually that witches are now making the switch to drones. <laughs> really? Gen Z witches, yeah, they love to ride <laughs> drones around. They're, they're standing on Roombas just <laughs> flying through the air. Exactly. They're like rollerblades. Roomba is, that is the, the, definitely the broom version of a <laughs> drone. They're doing kickflips in the air. Whoa. <laughs> Skateboarder witches. Yeah. Now that's no, a movie. They're pretty cool. <laughs> that has to be a movie at this point. Charlie, you know Obscure Movie. Is that a movie? Uh, not yet. It's not. Oh, okay. But whoever's listening to this, that's a filmmaker. We just gave you a golden ticket. There you go. All we ask is a hundred percent of the money you make. And I'm going to ask for 90% of the credit. Okay. I think that's totally fair. That's Cause fair. I said, which first, actually you might've said, which first, but I I'm usually, still I usually, I usually do. <laughs> I'm always taught, always bring it all back to witchcraft. Yeah. I mean, that's what it all boils down to. It does. Isn't that true? Yeah, one of my ancestors kissed a witch, and here I am. <laughs> I've never kissed a witch. Uh, tastes like cloves. Cloves? Tastes like cloves. That, makes, no, I that doesn't like that. sound so bad. I wouldn't like that. I have when I was when I was a young boy, my when I, when I whenever I would have a toothache, my mom would tell me to chew on cloves. What? Yep. Did it did it work? No, and it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you had a toothache? Because of all the cloves you chewed Probably. on? Probably. I have no idea, but that was it's not good. So I don't like anything associated with cloves. Not so chewing we, them, not the cigarettes, not the black cigarettes. No. Can't do them. It cloves. just reminds me of having a toothache. <laughs> chewing on cloves as a kid makes me think of chewing on clothes as a kid. Were were you two ever the uh, people to like take your shirt and like Put it in your mouth. No, no, it, me neither. But it was there was kids in my class like that. And it was always gross. It got sopping wet, you know. Oh, yeah, it's it pretty disgusting. Get hard afterwards once it dried out a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, Ugh, that's vile, man. Children are gross. They are. They Ugh. really are. Man, well, I mean, we're, Paul, we had this conversation on our little road trip. I might as well tell this on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, go for it because it's, it's reminded me of that. I never chewed on my clothes, but I think I think I have somewhat mild OCD. Um, when I was a child, I had a small, I had a small pillow and had a small pillowcase and I would chew on the corner of the <laughs> pillowcase. I think just cause it was, it was, I don't know. It was fun. It did something for my brain, <laughs> but this is why your teeth hurt all the time. This is why my teeth hurt. Cause I'm chewing on a pillowcase. But the real kicker is that <laughs> once the corner was sufficiently covered in saliva, <laughs> <laughs> I would take the corner and form it into a sharp point and tickle the inside of my ear with it. That's pretty gross. I, I huh? feel like I know so much more about you now. I feel like I understand Josh yeah. so much more better now. So now you realize when you walk into the office and you see him in there with a wet pillowcase, you know, stuck how in it your ear. <laughs> yep. I try not to do that these days, but sometimes I just can't help myself. Try not to. <laughs> I, I definitely did gross things like that as a kid, but that is just so like the facts that you, the two combined is really good. I feel like that's not much worse than like, didn't you have a booger wall or was that someone else? No, I mean, I guess I did. I wouldn't call it a wall so much as a spot on the wall <laughs> I where I happened see, I to wipe boogers. Much, I don't think that's any better than my thing. So did you just like put like them on top of each other until it created like a long, a long point coming out of your wall that you then <laughs> used to tickle you the inside of your ear with? 
if I had known Josh at the time, I probably would have. But no, these were spaced out enough to where I was like, mostly what the problem was is I didn't want to figure out what to do with my booger. So it wasn't like I was collecting them. I was just like, oh, I have a booger on my finger, but what am I going to do with this? So I would wipe it in a spot on the wall where I thought like my parents, like it was far enough away where they wouldn't be able to see it and get mad at me. But definitely like thinking about it now, like you could just see like there was like a, like a probably like six inch diameter. Six circle. inch. <laughs> How like long full. were you collecting these? How long were you collecting these? It was probably a phase of like two years, but just in that circle, you could just see like random little like brown, green, and sometimes a little red spots. <laughs> I was a bit of a picker. You like pointillism, just eventually like put them into an image of like a nice <laughs> summer's day by the river. Exactly. Uh, nobody understood this. He's turned it into a portrait of Slimer. That's why I hate <laughs> art now. <laughs> Slimer? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Charlie, you done any gross things when you were a kid? <laughs> Boy, so many that would get your podcast canceled immediately. <laughs> hmm. I want to no. say try us. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other gross. I mean, yeah, there definitely was other gross shit. There's Kids are disgusting. Kids are pretty gross. It's like mm-hmm. tiny people who don't know how to control their emotions or the time are like, oh, I have a booger on my finger. And the solution isn't go get rid of it. The solution is, well, I'm going to put it here so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Exactly. I should have just like put it on like the sheet because the sheets get washed. Oh, that's true. My wall does not get washed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I was going to say, that's pretty gross. But, you know, that's, you know, that, that does get washed. Eventually it will get washed. When I had a cold as a kid, sometimes, you know how like when you're sick, you would like call for your mom or your dad be like, I'm sick. And yeah. they're like, well, go to bed. And they're like, no, I can't. I'm sick. <laughs> and I would be like, can you get me some tissues? And she'd be like, just blow into the sheets. Blow your nose into your sheets. That is disgusting. What the fuck? The visceral reaction I just had to that image. I think that is going to haunt me for the rest of my <laughs> what days. What the really? fuck? Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, it's happened a couple of times since I've been an adult. What the fuck? You wash it. It gets right out. It's but just a little snot. You got to wash it right away. You, no. It's like, I think it's like the idea of, I think handkerchiefs are disgusting. The idea of carrying around your like snot with you in your pocket. Yeah. The only reason to have a handkerchief is to put in your back pocket. So people know if you're a top or a bottom. That is the <laughs> only reason to have a handkerchief. <laughs> I want to know which one means which. <laughs> Oh, there's a whole chart. There's okay. <laughs> there's like the color, the pocket, the way it's folded. At least there's a chart. That's very considerate. Oh, there's a chart now, like back in the day when it would get you arrested. You just had to know all of this. And like, oops, I'm accidentally mm. with someone that wants to poop on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That must be why I've collected so much poop in my day. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the only reason I have a handkerchief is to uh, when you're helping solve a murder and you find a clue, you can pull that puppy out and then use it to pick it up so you don't get your fingerprints on the knife for the bullet. Yeah, just all of your boogers and DNA on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is a good point. The handkerchief act act as an exemption. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's because I touched it with my booger rag. (laughs) You know, say what you want about Detective Booger Rag. He gets results and those results are inconclusive DNA tests. (laughs) Detective Booger Rag. Uh, Wasn't that one of the uh, late night horror hosts that we're going to talk about? You know, I think it might have been. might have been in Cincinnati. That place is crawling with him. <laughs> well, I suppose that transitions us into uh, the actual episode, eh? Sure. All right. Well, we'll take a little break and then... Uh, oh, I feel like I had something I was going to say. Oh, we'll say it. 
We'll take a break Why later. Is, is she... it better than Detective Booger Rag? Because I feel like that's the peak. I feel like it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Uh, I guess I don't have anything. I don't know why I interjected. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. Well, we'll take a little break here and we'll come back with the the topic of this episode. Mostly I just, I saw a funny tweet and I would like to say what the tweet was. Oh, please. Okay. We'll come back with some, (laughs) we'll do it when we come back from break. (laughs) Okay. Castle of Dr. Paul Bearer. <laughs> so nice to sit down in the uneasy chair in my unliving room. <laughs> Run a little late today, so I uh, stopped by one of those quickie food joints and picked up, uh, thought I'd try some chicken McMaggots today. <laughs> well, let me see how these things taste anyway. <clears throat> mm, very tasty. <laughs> so while I enjoy my chicken McMaggots, maybe you can enjoy our Horrible old movie for today, and believe me, it's really horrible, or my name isn't Dr. Paul Barrow. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Paul, what's that tweet? Okay. And this is also food for thought. So feel free to give me your answers. Okay. Um, there's somebody tweeted about, um, what was the, I really should have been thinking about this during the break. I'm trying to remember what it was a reply to. I don't remember. I mean, do you want to look it up? No, I'm just going to shoot from the hip. Uh, basically the tweet said, and you don't really need the original tweet to get it, but they said, only children conceived when the woman has an orgasm has a, have souls. <laughs> and I think they were being serious, but I really like that as a concept. Like, sorry, she didn't come. You don't want to have a soul. <laughs> I, that has literally like, I think I saw that tweet like two months ago and I have been thinking about it ever oh. since. Thinking about it in what way? Like, are you con- are you like, huh, funny tweet? Are you contemplating? I mean, both. <laughs> I think it's absolutely hilarious. And also... You think it's true. Maybe. That would make sense. That would jive with how the world works, See, I think. With that logic, and I'm not saying that I know this 100% for a fact, but I know my parents' relationship, and that means my brother and I have no souls. <laughs> yeah, same for me. <laughs> I don't know about mine, and I don't want to find out. <laughs> I'm not looking for that. I feel like I have a soul, but hmm. I don't even I, see. I'm not trying to think about myself with this, but I do like to think about it for everybody else. It's a funny concept. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be a funny thing to say to somebody like, I bet when your parents were having sex, your mom didn't even come. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just sounds like, Ouch, a, like that is a burn. It like, really is. It's like a deep burn. It's like a burn on your dad and then you don't have a soul. Yeah. <laughs> and then you feel bad for your mom. Yeah. Tough insult. <laughs> Truly. 
Anyway, that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the best insults are the ones that make us think about our parents' sex lives, honestly. <laughs> like, it's pretty true. <laughs> well, well before we leave, though, oh, yeah. agree or disagree? Oh, uh, disagree. No one has a soul. <laughs> it's, a, it's a concept created by the church thousands of years ago to keep us enslavement. Okay. I will also disagree, but not for that reason. I, that's way too complicated for me. I just don't think there's souls. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's no female orgasms. Yes. I've never That's seen That's what one. I'm taking away from this conversation. They're pretty cool. I'm just going to say they're pretty cool. I've never seen one, so I don't think they exist. I'm about to disagree with both of you because every time I get done, a girl tells me she just saw God. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, woo, Paul. Yeah, nice. Woo. <laughs> Sorry, we were all high-fiving. It was really good. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> now that I, you know, the postcoital totally. high five is really underrated, I think, in like aftercare. <laughs> People want to cuddle? No, give me, give me some nice, stanky high fives. <laughs> Make your hand hurt afterwards. It's better than a handshake. That is the wrong way to go. <laughs> what about a fist bump? Yeah, respect knucks. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's like, I feel like if it's like a friends with benefits situation, you give each other knucks mm. and then go get a sandwich. <laughs> First you give Nux, then you give Nux. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> nice. That doesn't got hornier than I thought it would. You're, <laughs> you didn't think that your conversation about orgasming would get as horny as it did? No, I was thinking more of the soul angle, honestly, <laughs> when I brought it up, but I'm here for it. You are very spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about yeah. Paul, he's a very spiritual man. I'm like a horny angel. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about Paul is that your mom came so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have brought this up. <laughs> oh, no. Digging my own grave. Yeah. Well, speaking of graves. <laughs> Perfect hey, transition. Speaking of graves, we're, uh, we're going to talk about something that... Pa so usually Paul and I will... Either one of us will know something about what we're talking about. I, I don't think there's really ever been a moment where it's like, oh, well, the guest is the one that knows all about this stuff. And Dragon we'll Ball Z, neither of us knew about oh, that. Oh, that's true. We did Dragon Ball Z with Sean, and neither of us really knew anything about it, and he had to carry a lot of the conversation. That kind of surprises me, Josh. Yeah, I think Dragon we Ball Z is... shocked, honestly. I think I never... So this, this is kind of relating to today's topic. I didn't have cable growing up. So there was no way for, I didn't have Toonami, there was no way for me to watch Dragon Ball Z, so I was just kind of left out of that whole thing. Coming back to it now, as an adult and in the year 2023, Dragon Ball Z, I think, is mid as hell. I don't think it's that good. Like, I think there's much better anime out there, and I, like, Dragon Ball Z is basic as shit. Yeah. So. What about that guy's cool shirt? Which there guy's a, cool shirt? I don't remember, but he's got a cool pink shirt. Oh, Vegeta's cool shirt that says Badman on the back of it? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool as that's hell, but cool that doesn't shirt. mean that mm -hmm. the show is good. You could have a great wardrobe in a shitty show. I just wanted to bring up the shirt. The shirt is great. It's a, it's a bright pink button-up, and it says Badman oh, on the I back of the it. Oh, okay, I know the shirt. Oh, I know the shirt. Great, yeah. This is a, yeah, a great shirt. I don't care about the show, though. The show's pretty mid. I was always more into Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon's <laughs> good. Haven't seen it. Again, didn't have... A means to watch it. But I don't know I was going to go with that. I had a thought and then now it's gone. Uh, we're going to be talking about what is it? See, e even like the, the general concept, I'm just like, what is this? It's like late. It's like late night horror late night segments. Horror, yeah. Late night horror hosts. Yeah. Which is I my 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 frame of reference for this is 
Boobarella on The Simpsons. That, yeah. This is all I know about this and that, <laughs> that, and just like, oh, that's an Elvira joke. This is all I know. That is where my knowledge stops. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I'm older than the two of you, uh, and I grew up in a time when there were, were that magical time where cable was kind of expanding and people were like, well, we ought to put something on here. Mm-hmm. And there's a long tradition uh, in television um, dating back to like the 50s and 60s of, of horror hosts. What happened was Universal uh, released a package of 52 of their horror films and said, hey, you know, it'd be a great way for you to show these. How about you dress your weatherman up as Dracula and have him introduce them? And it took off all over the country. People were not talking to each other, but all these different markets would create these, these, you know, like your Zacherly's, uh, your Vampiras were sort of the original ones, the more famous ones, Elvira, Joe Bob Briggs, uh, Sven Gulli, who's still doing it today, who was originally the son of Sven Gulli. And, and as a kid, I grew up, uh, I grew up in, a, in a working class, incredibly evangelical household just how I know my mom did not orgasm. <laughs> and, and it was tough for me. You know, I was a young closeted queer kid and you know, the world and the media, I was, you know, sort of around me during the day was not for me. But then my parents are in bed. It's late night. You turn on TNT at 10 o'clock and here's a guy in a bolo tie talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. <laughs> and it's this thing that I think we miss as a society where like when I was a kid, you could like flip to a channel, be like 10 minutes into a movie, have it be your favorite movie of all time and have no idea what it is. Which and then is, probably never see it again. And never see it again. Mm-hmm. And that's why having people like Joe Bob Briggs, Elvira, you know, to um, Rhonda Shear from USA's Up All Night, having these people sort of talk to you about the movie really built like the foundation of my knowledge of film. Like watching those and understanding when we're talking about the actors, the production, the sequels, all of these things. I'm like, okay, movies are more than just a thing that exists. Like people have to work to make them. And I think my love of film really came from, you know, those late nights with the volume down to the lowest thing. It's like by the TV just watching the craziest shit that like I could possibly imagine like stuff that terrified me and like enticed me in a really way really great way Mm -hmm. so then when I was an adult like I'm like I want to do that like that is my goal to do that um I had like right after like I came out and started transitioning I decided to start doing my own horror host show so I I started the spooky 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 movie show uh on YouTube that no one watched like (laughs) like a mat because you could only show public domain films oh sure and there were maybe three good public domain (laughs) horror films like and um I was able to meet a great um collective of these people doing the same thing online that are still doing it. I'm going to shout out the Vortex right now, which I believe is still horrorhost.net, and it's 24-7 horror hosts. Wow. And it's people all over the country who are doing it, like, right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll shout out, like, Dr. Um, or uh, Sluggo Gonzalez. I'm going to uh, shout out, like, Freezer Mortis, uh, Colonel Graves. Um, (laughs) These are great names. They're great names. Now, the one that I went with is is, is stupid because I chose the name for my character, Charlie McCorn. Because I wanted to be Charlie McCorn on the macabre, and and through a series of just uh, like needle threading, just like weird bouncing around, that's just the name everyone knows me as now. Like this this horror host character who was dressed up like with like pink hair and like a, a Frankenstein print dress was talking about like horror movies. Like I'm Charlie McCorn, and now that's that's what everyone knows me as, which uh, I love. I love that I was able to create like that character and then become her a little bit. But yeah, a, a big fan of just staying up. I would they would do a double feature every Saturday night. It was called Monster Vision on TNT, 
and it would be two movies, sometimes related, sometimes not. And usually like schlocky horror from like the like 80s to early 90s because that's what you could get cheap mm-hmm. and would have a host talking about um, – you know, like Joe Bob Briggs would do his drive-in totals. Like, this movie has 17 dead bodies. Heads are going to be cut off. There's shotgun foo in this movie. There's none foo in this movie. Three and a half stars. Like, and it was always so exciting to see, like, a movie I'd never seen before. Like, some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I've seen through that. And then as things progressed, um, I met uh, Solve, the enigmatic uh, director of Camp Horror Film Festival. And she and I, in 2019... We were working concessions at the Roxy, um, and we were <laughs> we at the time we used to do uh, the Groundhog's Day marathon, where if you came and sat through like twelve screenings, not twelve, like however many screenings of Groundhog's Day in a row, you win a free membership. And we were in the lobby talking about how we should just really do 12 screenings of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Like really force <laughs> people to really just sort of like sit with what's happening. And uh, executive director Mike Steinberg came in and said, you two have a really great rapport. You should have your own show here. And we created uh, what is now called Trash Vault where she and I would do our horror host shtick where we'd get up there. We'd introduce the show. We'd give away gifts. We'd do sketches. We'd decorate the set. And I've been doing Trash Vault now for five years, and it is my favorite fucking thing that I get to do. Hell yeah. I've been described as Missoula's horror host a couple of times, and every time it happens, it just makes my heart just grow three sizes. There you go. You've made it. I've made it. You've made it. You're done. I'm not in the Hall of Fame yet, but uh, one day. I used to go to um, Horror Hound Weekend in Cincinnati every – I don't remember. Every summer, I think they would have the Horror Host Hall of Fame there and they would do the induction ceremony. And I would go to it every year. <laughs> so they're still inducting people. They're still inducting people. Wow. They're still because there's still people doing it. Um, and there's still you know, like the classic people, you know, who are kind of like getting there because they obviously the big ones like we're going to put Elvira in. We're going to put Joe mm-hmm. Bob Briggs in. Uh, Every time you say Joe Bob Briggs, I always think you're going to say Joe Biden. I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Joe Biden's late night horror movie show was was really something else. He doesn't I mean, even need to dress up. I talk about, stumbles, talk about the Crypt Keeper, am I right? <laughs> I was so scared I couldn't say the sentence. <laughs> I was there I, when they inducted John Kazir, who voiced the Crypt Keeper. I was there uh, when they inducted him. And I was there when they inducted uh, Joel uh, Robinson, Joel Hodgson from MST3K. Mm, and oh, I was si- I was he was sitting in the front row and I was sitting like two rows behind him and it was the most surreal thing to see his like silhouette sitting in front of me. I'm like, I've never seen this in real life. Like this is I've seen this a thousand times. Was he kind of roasting the ceremony the whole time? <laughs> he he kind of was. Like, hey, look out for snakes. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Man. So that's my experience with horror hosting. It, it's it's a it's an art form. It really is, but it's something that is I don't know. Not as appreciated these days when we have all this media at our fingertips. We don't have people who are curating like the movie experiences for us, which again, keep plugging Trash Vault. I love being able to show movies that I first saw on like Monster Vision or Up All Night or movies that were important to like my development as a young person and be able to show them to an audience of people mm-hmm. who have never seen them because th- where, where would they? How would they? Mm-hmm. Right. Did, I, I, oh, oh, do you want to go? Sure, I'll go. Josh, go. Uh, Put a pin in mine though. What? I'm putting a pin in mine, though. Okay. Well, keep your hand raised so we can come back to okay. you. <laughs> no, then that means I'm not listening. Sorry. <laughs> the teacher told me that one time. Uh, Charlie, did you have like a, like a penchant for horror before watching all these? Or was this kind of a product of having lived in your household of just like, oh, well, now I'm curious about all this stuff and this is my outlet to like 
experienced this. I've always had an interest in horror. And it's one of those things where like it kind of developed. I remember one Halloween I was a vampire and I'm like, this feels cool as hell. (laughs) I don't want to be GI Joe again. Like I want to be, I want to be monsters. And then there are obviously like, you know, spooky books, um, the Bailey school kids, which was a Mm. series of books about these like third graders and every teacher in their life is a monster. (laughs) Like their homeroom teacher is a vampire. The janitor is Santa Claus who isn't really a monster (laughs) unless you really think about it. Um, and every book, a lot of the criteria, he really does. He like lives forever. Is that a thing that monsters, monsters live forever? Something else. (laughs) I don't know. Does Santa live forever? I don't know why I said that as the first thing. As we all know about Santa Claus. I think he does. I think Santa's immortal. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't. Or at least the the spirit of of Santa is all of the Santa Claus. He, he, he knows when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. That's how the song goes. Yeah. Yeah. He also, uh, exports a lot of coal, which as we know is ruining our planet. The most monstrous thing he could do. Fucked up Santa. Yeah, if you're not, he should give you a windmill or a solar panel. That's true. Do you think that the world would be a better place if he had done that? Yes, absolutely. It would not be 109 degrees in Missoula right now. Santa <laughs> Claus would. There's a lot of naughty kids in this town. You know, I'm just putting this together actually. But so he gives the naughty kids coal. Those naughty kids grow up to be coal executives. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Santa. You literally killed the planet. Fuck. Sucks for him. He lives in the North Pole. He's fucked. He did himself in. You played yourself. <laughs> this is a, this is a, a brief tangent. Have you ever seen the Steve McQueen uh, movie, The Blob? No, but no. I, I have listened to the song from The Blob. Yeah, uh, classic movie, great movie. I rewatched it, I think, during quarantine, and I hadn't seen it since I was a kid on like a late night Monster Vision. Mm-hmm. And the end of that movie, they freeze the Blob with fire extinguishers, and then it's like, well, we're going to take him to the North Pole, and assuming the North Pole doesn't heat up, he's going to be fine there forever. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like we. Set up for a sequel. Set up for a sequel. <laughs> I think that that honestly sounds like an excellent use of a reboot slash sequel. Yeah. Warm, <laughs> global warming brings the blob back. We can have uh, the other Steve McQueen direct it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And it can star Lightning McQueen <laughs> from Cars. <laughs> Who has to learn to go hybrid to stop polluting and contributing to global warming. That's a good part. Man, Cars. That's, that's, that's a pretty, good that's car sequel. pretty funny. I like that. Yeah, I think that's a good, good, good screenwriting. That's a good screenwriting right there. <laughs> Sorry, we totally derailed. Uh, it's, you know what? It's all on. It's all off the rails at this point. <laughs> Paul, have you not listened to this podcast? Do you not remember being a part of this where this is what just happens? <laughs> I'm usually dialed in, very serious. Let's be real, Paul. This is the most sincere this podcast has probably ever been. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. It's up there. I bring a real sincerity with me everywhere I go. <laughs> well, I think it's. I think there is some. There, there is a little bit of like a. Norm, normally, our guests have like a. At worst, a passing interest, and at most, like I like this thing. They don't really live the thing that they talk about. So I am. I'm 100% legitimate that way. Um, I'd recommend. There's a great documentary called American Scary about the history of horror hosts that came out. 10, 15 years ago, so it doesn't really mm-hmm. cover like the, the, the YouTube boom of, of horror hosting right now, but that's a, it's a great resource. There's, I mean, I have, there are books that people have written about the history of it. Uh, it's fascinating, and it, it's something that, you know, of all the things I do in Missoula, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. I do a, a lot of like experimental art. I do experimental drag. I'm a cartoonist. I, I do zines. I'm a writer. All of it is in service for me being a horror host. Like, I love being a horror host, especially horror hostess. I love that I get to do that because 
it's something that just like feeds me and I'm glad to be able to contribute to the long line of of weirdos and spooky costumes <laughs> making bad puns about movies before they start. I see I just didn't realize I guess when I was growing up I always kind of thought of horror hosts as like I think mainly just like the crypt keeper was my only knowledge of it. So I thought it was all like that where it was like they're going to come out and introduce what's going on. But I didn't know that they would like tell you like, like you're saying kind of like some behind the scenes stuff and like production stuff. Like there's, so there's, there's different, there are people that do it different ways. Like obviously mm-hmm. there are people who are, who are funnier and will like do the jokes, you know, do the sketches, but I've always gravitated to the ones who talked about the movies. Um, I'll talk about Joe Bob Briggs, not Joe Biden again, but Joe <laughs> Bob Briggs, uh, who, who is the one that I pattern like myself after where he would very much be, we're talking about the movie. Here's the director. Here's what they made. And it can still be funny. It can still be engaging. You can still tell jokes, do sketches, but be able to actually talk about what happens. Um, Sven Gulli, who's doing it right now, we used to get it over the air on MeTV before MeTV was was um, killed by whatever studio owns it. Would do that too. Like one of the host segments would be, let's talk about every person in this movie. Um, here's this person. You may recognize them from this movie or this movie, or they, we, they were on our show last week when we showed this horror film. And it's just so exciting. I feel before the internet, before things like this is how I learned about movies. This is how I, I learned. And now all this information is at our fingertips, but no one thinks to look at it unless you're mm-hmm. one of those people that's always on like Wikipedia when a movie's on, which I am, because I want to know about all of the things in these movies. I want to be able to, you know, when you love something, like you can't hoard it away, right? You can't just be like, oh, I have all of this knowledge to myself. You have to share it. Like if something, you know, makes you, you, the instinct is not to like hide it away. I mean, it shouldn't be anyway. The instinct is to share it, to share that like thing that you connect with that part of you to the world around you. And that's one of the avenues that very few people do. I'm, I'm one of them. Uh, I, I really like that. I, so I've never been, I've been a, a very, uh, freaky cat child. Um, and that's kind of carried into adulthood, but I do, I love to look at like the IMDb trivia, you know, after watching a movie, like that's the thing, like since I've become an adult, like I do think that that stuff is like really interesting. And I'm now kind of that annoying guy sometimes where if I'm like watching a movie with somebody, I'll like tell him like, Oh, you know, and I mean the, the obviously like always quoted one is like when Aragorn kicks that this one I was just helmet. thinking of. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, you know, I actually broke his toe when he kicked that. <laughs> I think IMDB trivia has gone off the rails a little bit because they're letting anyone put things in. And so you'll have, mm-hmm. you know, things like this was the final film by costume designer, you know, um, Bob Stevens, who, uh, who died tragically before the film was created. The movie was dedicated to him. And then you'll see things like this movie stars Willem Dafoe. He plays Dafoe of Spider-Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, you'll see shit like that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the best, but sometimes it's fun. Paul, are you still afraid of cat child? Uh, I mean, I've definitely gotten better. So for a long time, like just growing up, I was not really into horror movies. And I think my parents weren't really either. Um, but I was just very sensitive to like, I think like, Gore specifically, which I still am like fairly sensitive to. Oh yeah, it's like it's it's specifically cartoon violence for you, right? Actually, yes, that is like <laughs> so like itchy and scratchy on The Simpsons for a long time would even be like, oh, this is making me a little nauseous. Um, but I, um, in college, I took like a horror movie film class because um, I was like, I should you know like push myself a little bit, and so I I started watching like you know we did like Psycho like what what year was that? Twenty. What year was that? 
2013 or 2014. I remember you taking that class, I think. I think it was 2015. Um, I taught that class here at the university in 2020, 2021, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. So it would have been a few years before that. Yeah. But I mean, it was super fun and I definitely like appreciate it a lot more now. Um, And some of my favorite movies now, like I really like The Thing, um, John Carpenter's The Thing, and... um, which is funny because that's like one of the goriest The goriest. And Mars cartoony. Like it, it yeah. is horrifying. But the things that happen to people in that I think are objectively hilarious. Yeah, it's true. And you got there's a lot of goofiness of it. The too. defibrillator scenes, especially. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. the big thing. Just, <laughs> um, so I've realized now my I can get behind a horror movie usually if there's like a protagonist who has like a reasonable chance of succeeding. That's the mm-hmm. thing that I that helps me a lot. I'm like, Oh, it's okay. Kurt Russell's going to actually defeat the thing. So I don't need to be worried about it. Um, and then when he doesn't, yeah, well, you know, I try not to think about it. I guess. Yeah. But, you're right, you're right. Yeah. So Spoil- spoiler alert, I guess for the thing. Uh, what was the, was that the culmination of my thought? I think it was. All right. Did you ever go back to your thing? Your hand's still up. Um, I did. I did. Okay. Which was the talking about the hosts um, being talking about production and stuff like that, as opposed to just the movie. Is there a con for, for horror hosts? There is not, but there are, there are conventions where they gather um, horror hound weekend, which I think is actually this weekend um, is, is when uh, I haven't been in years because I couldn't, who wants to fly to Cincinnati every year? Um, Good chili there, but there are gatherings there, and that's how I first like when I first started my show. I'm like, well, this is happening, and so I fucking flew out to Cincinnati with um with my friend, mm-hmm. and and just like sought them out, and they, there was this um they did a live broadcast where they had all of the different hosts in one room like hosting whatever film it was, and I was able to like bully my way onto it. <laughs> Hell and, yeah. And I'm still, I'm still friends with these people. Like I'm still Facebook friends with a lot of these folks uh, from back in that. And it, it's really good. Cause there are a lot of like really goofy people in, in a great way. Like they mm. just so unashamedly love this thing and they love, you know, being the character and, and, um, and sharing it with people. Uh, I, I, I love that. I love, I love the passion. It's, you know, it's such, and it's also a hobby that you don't hear of that often, right? Like it's, yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, and there are so many, um, people, um, Janet Decay, who does a show called the mummy and the monkey. Um, she was starting out at the same time. She's in the hall of fame now, that bitch. Um, <laughs> but no, she's a lovely person. Uh, that monkey though can fuck himself. I'm just <laughs> uh, and it's great because there's like also like having to for the first time like you know be a visibly like trans person like on video for the first time was it was tough for me to like sort of like this thing that I was really stressed about but I was mm-hmm. able to sort of create I actually the shirt I'm wearing right now says uh, Twilight Mom <laughs> I found the shirt at a Goodwill when I was starting the show so I would wear this on my show sometimes uh, and I still wear it because it's a fucking sick shirt and I look great in it that is an awesome <laughs> shirt I really like it and it is like that that creation of of something new. Like I was able to really like embrace my identity for the first time, which was really great. And I was able to find people who, who loved it. Um, during, during the lockdown, I went back and did three new episodes of the spooky, 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 spooky movie show. Mm-hmm. And I had like local artists, like I would like film something and send it to me and I would put it on at the commercial breaks of stuff. 
And that was really great to be able to, you know, like they were filming like their own, like small, like horror scene or. Yeah. Some of it, like I showed some like local short films by horror uh, directors. Um, I would do interviews with local artists because it was like that time, you know, as, as someone who, who is for better or for worse, like connected to the art scene here. Like you meet a lot of artists, you meet a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then when the lockdown happened, it was like, I, I know how I'm feeling right now, not being able to like get on stage or be able to like collaborate with people. I love the collaboration of it. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to reach out. Like who wants to do whatever, like come you know, film yourself playing a song and I will put it, you know, in the, in the mid, uh, mid host segments of like Glenn or Glenda or the house on haunted Hill. Um, Lenny Peppers, uh, who, who works with us here at the Roxy, um, we did a Halloween special, like in 2017, we did a full ass spooky, 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 spooky movie show, Halloween, 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 Halloween special <laughs> where I showed, uh, Vincent Price's, uh, the, the house in Haunted Hill, um, by William Castle, which ties into Camp Horror Film Festival. And, um, she directed the whole thing and we had like a whole cast and segments and a plot and all of the host segments as well. And so it's something that I, I keep dipping into like online, but you know, it, I, I have more fun on stage, I say with it. So I, but I did mm -hmm. that. So I've been doing that consistently and being able to help elevate other voices, help give other artists like their, their space because, you know, Missoula has, you know, plenty of musicians and comedians and uh, various things. But I, I like that there are so few horror host here. Like I, I know, I know for a fact we would have had one back in the day, like back in, you know, public access times. I'm sure mm. there is some weirdo who's like, I have an idea. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I am just, you know, the person that is carrying the baton now. And I hope that this continues. Like, I don't know where media is going. I don't know what's going to happen, but, but, but horror hosting, I think needs, needs to continue because, you know, there are those like weird little kids living in households that do not understand them or appreciate them that, you know, need to have someone that's going to turn to them in the TV and say like, hi, welcome to the show. I know we're about to see something really scary together, but don't worry. I'm here with you and I'm going to take you through this movie and we're going to teach you some things. We're going to learn about some stuff and we're going to have a great time while we watch people get their bodies exploded. You know, <laughs> we're going to watch... You know, um, you know, we're going to watch someone get stabbed 17 times with a meat cleaver and we are going to learn something while we do it. Like there needs to be this. It's a service. It's a service we provide. I mean, I genuinely think the way you're describing it, I think that would have like genuinely helped me a lot. Like as a kid, if I had seen something like that and been like, oh, OK, because I always took the when you see the previews and the trailers for these movies, it, like it's taken very seriously. And I remember my parents were just like, oh too scary. Turn the, tr turn the trailer off. Like we wouldn't even watch those. And so I think in my mind, it was built up as, you know, whatever you can imagine in your mind is usually scarier than whatever they're going to show you on screen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, now when I or still, sometimes when I think about like some of these movies, like it gets built up, you know, so much and then you watch and you're like, oh yeah, that was actually either that was really good. Like just as a movie or like, oh, that was dumb, but fun still. And it wasn't nearly as frightening as you think it's going to be. Yeah. I, I think that it's, you know, you face your fears. I think that's something that we need to teach children. I sound like speaking of being a boomer, like, <laughs> like kids these days, no one wants to work. And you know, <laughs> is that I, I think it is imperative that we teach children to face their fears. I, I think that, you know, every time, you know, as, as you know, I have an anxiety disorder, like all of the times as a kid, especially when I was so worried about something, it was always like, oh, that was fine. It was nowhere near as bad as what I was expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that some of these movies scared the shit out of me. Like the, um, 
Oh, I think it's the 70s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers where the Body Snatchers put this guy's head on a dog. Like they t- – like they <laughs> like like from uh, almost um, – Like Mars, Mars Attacks. Attacks. I was going to say that sounds similar. And I was watching that and it scared me so, – like that idea, that concept scared me so bad. That was the <laughs> one time I went and like woke up my parents and I couldn't say like a thing sometimes that I had a really bad dream. Could I, could I stay in here with you tonight? What happened in the dream? Well, they put a – a person's head on a dog. Like, it's horrifying, kids. right? Why do you have that horrifying. dream? But yeah, helping helping people face their fears. And I think that's one thing that the horror genre, you know, is really great at is that it lets us engage with these things that we we don't because of our fear, because of you know the way things are working in society. You know, horror movies. What I love about them is that you can see the what is reflected in society's fears. Like I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard this, that you can tell if there's a Democrat or Republican in the White House based on if they're more zombie or vampire movies. I've never heard this. I've never heard but this. But please, I would love to hear about it. I mean, so it's it's this idea that if you if you look back at horror horror films, and we're talking like you know George Romero's um, Night of the Living Dead, which really invented the genre as we know it. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at the zombies, and it's this idea of like these just mass consumers. Just like they just want to destroy and eat everything mindlessly, just consuming. Mm-hmm. And then we have vampires. They're vaguely European. They're <laughs> vaguely homosexual. You know, they 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 are here to seduce like our youth. Like you have this idea of like what we're afraid of based on that. Um, and then in the 2000s, um, and I've 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 talked about this extensively. You look at the Saw movies. You look at like the the quote unquote torture porn subgenre that came up. Mm-hmm. That is a hundred percent because of nine eleven. Like the reason those movies were so successful, and like Saw ten is coming out next month. Mm-hmm. You know the reason they are so successful is because of the 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 damage that nine eleven did to our collective psyche. Like that there are people out there who can make a decision to hurt you or you may be in a situation where you may have to do something impossible to survive. And what does surviving look like? That I think you can you can see how we, you know, as a society impact things through our horror movies. And I love that. I love that we are grappling with this. And, you know, one day we'll look back. You know, I mean, the elevated horror, which was I think the last big like horror movement we saw, mm-hmm. you know, came directly from a time of political upheaval, of, of continued, you know, um, battles for, for racial equality, for, for gender equality. All of these things are where the things that we society are afraid of and don't want to deal with. Horror lets us do that. And, and I think that is the, the magic of that genre. It is, it is the most powerful thing we have because it shows us the darker side of humanity, of society you know, of, of, of being human beings. And it allows us to engage in it in, in a way that I think really does some cool things. Not saying that a lot of horror movies aren't like, Hey, let's make a quick buck. Let's stab, (laughs) let's stab some teenagers. Uh, let's put it out there. You know, it's not saying not that, but it is as a genre, I think the most incredible one, it is the only genre named after the feeling is trying to invoke. I think that's very powerful. Wow. I think that that was very well said, very eloquent. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I agree. This is going back a little bit, but you met, you keep mentioning Cincinnati. Is that like 
horror host central? It kind of is. Like, it, did it all start there or did they all just kind of end up in Cincinnati? Cincinnati's, like, what about? Cincinnati was the big market. That was the one. And oh boy, I feel like I'm going to make a fool of myself. That is where we saw like um, the first Svengoolie sort of come around. And Cincinnati had so many markets and it became so popular. There was, um, so Svengoolie was this guy. Um, oh, he's, oh God, he's actually the father of, my brain is, the director of Paul Thomas Anderson, the director of um, all the, the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. His father mm-hmm. was a horror host named Sven Gulli, oh, who had this run one summer in the 60s where he would you know show the movies that Universal would license out as their shock package. Mm-hmm. And he would become a counterculture icon. And like the youth just loved this like weirdo. It's like, hey, group, oh, tonight we're going to watch a real terrible movie. <laughs> like and that's the thing about horror hosts, too. They will tell you when a movie's bad and people mm-hmm. on TV never tell you that. And so that was sort of like the ground zero for like the main movement of it. And um, his his writer, um, I forget his name, Rich, became the son of Svenguli when he retired and is now continuing to do the Svenguli name to this day. So it's – and uh, all these other people, you know, created – you know, in Cincinnati, in that area, that's really where it kind of spread up and became like the countercultural kind of thing that it did. I mean, obviously, there were there were ones before that. I mentioned um, John Zachary and Vampira, who on television, at least, were the first ones. Obviously, it, it dates back. I mean, the Crypt Keeper and EC Comics back in the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Even if you look at like books like Pinocchio, um, if you've read the book, it starts with someone saying like, once upon a time, there was a king. That's what you're expecting me to say, right? Oh, no, 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 dear reader. Once upon a time, there was a piece of wood. <laughs> like that kind of like there is this person guiding us along. Um, Stephen King does it in a lot of his writing, too, where mm-hmm. he'll like take a step out and just be like, um, my favorite series of his, the, the the Gunslinger, like the last chapter starts with because like, the chapter before has the ending. And then there's one more chapter that says, if you want your last image of these characters to be that stop reading right now. And um and so anyways, I got a little off topic there, but Cincinnati, um, Sven Gullies were kind of really blew up and a lot of people like got their start. Tim Conway uh, got his start as a horror host with oh, the, really? the Tim and Chuck show. Also, I think in Cincinnati. Oh, interesting. Uh, Vampira um, was like one of the first like women to really, really do it, who inspired like the Boobarellas. Um, <laughs> Elvira was supposed to be a revamp of Vampira, but then Vampira got upset and sued them. And she's like, well, fine, we'll just change the name mm-hmm. to Elvira, which was a name she drew out of a cup. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. And she's like, ugh. And then that's that's who <laughs> she's been. Like, and that's who who it is. And you know, this this tradition of, of all these people um just sort of changes and ebbs and flows in, in, in different ways. But um yeah, real real central in the Midwest. They they love, love their horror hosts out there, which is where most of the ones that I know, most ones I'm friendly with, they they live out in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio, in Indiana, um, Michigan. Like there's that's where most of them are. There's there's not really a lot on the West Coast, presently, to my knowledge, like I'm, I'm maybe a little little out of the game, but you know, it, it is all over. People have been doing it, you know, around around the world. You know, there there are hosts that do it in you know Europe and and all these things, um, and I love it. And partially, I think it's because it's all people who have these incredible nostalgic you know connections when they were kids mm-hmm. that want to continue that, that want to do that thing, that thing that meant so much to them. They want to spread it on down yeah, the road, pass it on to. Yeah. Instead of kids watching those weird uh, videos of heads popping out of toilets on TikTok and yeah. whatever. Yeah, they're watching you know, kids don't watch life hacks on TikTok. <laughs> Sit down for two hours and put all your attention span on 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 this movie. 
that someone is curating for you. I will say that Skibbity Toilet's pretty cool. <laughs> What's his name? It's called Skibbity Toilet. Oh, this it's is, pretty good. This is what the kids are into these days. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's pretty good. I've watched at least 50 episodes of it. 50 episodes? Oh, they're only like 20 seconds long. What the fuck? It's pretty good. That's wild. This, is the, most, this is the most like alpha generation thing I've ever done. It's just like Skibbity Toilet's pretty fucking <laughs> cool. <laughs> I know we were joking earlier. I've never felt more old in my life hey, at this me, very moment. Me too. I had, I mean, I had to, have, I didn't discover, I had to have someone tell me what this whole thing was, but then I was, you know, then you watch them all and say, Hey, this is kind of interesting storytelling. I feel like all I know about it is from what a video I've seen on Twitter, where it just made me feel insane for 10 seconds. So I turned it, it off. It does. But then when you keep watching them, there's a very fun narrative that develops. Can but you just tell us the narrative? I'm not going to watch this. I'm just okay. going to say so, so it's spoiler alert for Skippy the toilet. Skibbity. Like Skibbity a little like toilet. a little scat. Skibbity. Skibbity toilet. So so this is made in in Source Filmmaker. Source is the engine that games like Half-Life and Team Fortress and other Valve properties are made in and they I don't know like early 2000s released a program that allows you to take models that you, either you import or you can take from games and you can animate with them. So it's either Source Filmmaker or Gary's Mod both are pretty much the same thing. So this is using like technology and like software from the early 2000s. And it's the first one is like a camera pans into a room and then it like focuses on a toilet and out of a toilet, a head pops out and then a very catchy song starts playing. And that's literally it. And the guy just keeps making more of these videos. And over time, the narrative develop, a narrative develops that Earth has been invaded by these like toilet people. And like it gets fucking wild. There's like different variants of toilet people. And there's like, they come in different sizes. There's like giant mech, like kaiju size skibbity toilets. And then fucking out of nowhere, the TV men, which are just people with TVs for heads come. And then there's just a big war between the skibbity toilets and the, and the TV men. And then there's this whole subplot of the, the, the skibbity toilet people can take over the TV men by putting a little skibbity toilet on the back of their necks. And then they take over one of the really big TV kaiju men. And then there's a, another subplot of trying to get the big kaiju TV man back. It's fucking cool as hell. I know this sounds absolutely batshit crazy, but it only takes like 10 minutes to watch all of it because they're only like 20 seconds long. That's a lot of deep lore for 10 minutes. Yeah. There's a lot because like it's not, it's not a continuous narrative. You get little vignettes that happen. You don't know the, the time between one video and the next. And you just kind of pick these things up along the way. So like you'll see like a like big kaiju TV man and then you won't see him for like 20 more 20 second episodes and then he'll come back and it's like oh shit he's back and he's still evil and then 15 more go by and it's like he's back is he going to be good now and that that's kind of like the whole thing it's like little vignettes that just kind of are about the war between the skibbity toilets and the the TV man so who wins uh we don't know yet well, well whoever, still whoever wins, we lose. Oh, fuck. That's it's an true. AVP situation. That's S true. Earth is fucked. T-V-T-M. Mm -hmm. That's true. Everything's pretty fucked. But I, I it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, the most, it's the most, 
<laughs> dumb shit I've ever <laughs> See, I've ever seen, but I am I'm into it. You should start hosting. You should host these. You should play these and talk about this for people. You gotta really share it, right? Let's watch some alpha generation shit right now. Five hey. minutes between each of the like ten second clips. You guys wanna know what the really kids are getting up to? into it, explaining it. Let's see what the kids are up to. Fifty million views in like one day. You can get pop out of a big cardboard toilet. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um so Charlie, do you have like do you remember like the first movie you watched? Uh, or wow, like, I was going to ask a similar question. Yeah. Or do you have like one that sticks out in your mind the most or like a favorite? Phantasm 2. Phantasm 2. A movie that I didn't, I missed the opening of. And so mm -hmm. it's this, you're watching and it is, uh, I'm definitely going to be showing it at Trash Vault at some point here in the future, I'm thinking. Uh, it, I, at many points in my life, I've said it is my favorite movie. And I think it's because seeing this absolutely wild, baffling movie. And like going back, it took me forever to see the first Phantasm, which is a much different movie. Mm -hmm. Phantasm too, like speaking of what you said, like you want them to have a chance. It's about the two survivors from the first movie are like, well, let's, let's build a four barreled shotgun and go on the road trying to stop this, this evil that is um, going into small towns, digging up all the bodies, turning them into uh, undead Jawas. And let's try to let's try to stop the evil from happening. Mm -hmm. And it it's thrilling. It's incredible. I have uh, I have two movie posters hanging in my house. I'm a big movie fan, but I don't put a lot of posters up. I have two movie posters. One is for Jackie um, because it made me crowd all of my emotions, and I'm a robot now. The other <laughs> one is Phantasm Two, uh, which I have framed. I fucking love that movie, and that was the one that I, I go back to the most as. The one that really got my my inspiration there. There's also a movie called uh, Skeeter, which is about like giant hawk sized mosquitoes attacking a bunch of escaped <laughs> convicts in in the woods of West Virginia. That sounds Virginia. pretty sick. <laughs> it is get one of those on my Peter. Yeah, I think also because you know I grew up um, in you know I'm 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 37, so I, I grew up you know the 90s was the first decade I remember all of, and it was the one that had. The, the benefit was the 80s was a golden era for schlock horror films. Like it was like the perfect storm of the slasher boom of the 80s and independent film really kind of coming into this place where they're like, oh, we can make horror movies, which people have been doing cheaply, you know, independently forever. Mm -hmm. But we can load them up with gore effects that are, you know, cutting edge like the, the you know, um, we can make casts of things like these special effects. And the boom of slashers in the 80s created this like perfect storm that made just some of the greatest horror movies ever made. And and by the time that I was a kid, like that's the stuff that they were licensing for television. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to really benefit. I wasn't you know there to experience it as a child, but I really benefited from it, you know, on late night cable as, as a youth. Hell yeah. Was your love for Phantasm 2 at all related to a horror host or was it just like you really were drawn to the movie itself? On Monster Vision, Joe Bob Briggs' Monster Vision. Um, two movies back to back and I'd usually fall asleep around the second one because it would start at 10 uh, Mountain Standard Time so the second movie would start at midnight and as, as, a, as a kid that's way way too late but I, I would stay up as late as I could um, but if the movie didn't grab me I would be like alright well that first one was definitely worth it let's Let's head in because I'm waking up uh, waking up at 7 o'clock to go to church tomorrow so <laughs> I gotta and as they're doing the sermon, you're just thinking about those movies. That's exactly it. This probably probably explains a lot about me, honestly. <laughs> well, fun. This is pretty great, Paul. I think you have a segment for us. I do. Oh boy, you've been you've been hyping this up. 
Etos is the best segment anyone has ever seen. So good. Definitely did not start planning this as we were recording this episode. Uh, So this segment uh, is called Horror Host or Horror Nost. Oh, okay. So I think what I'm going to (laughs) do is I have a list of horror hosts from Wikipedia, and then I have compiled a list of names that I made up. Okay. And I want you to guess if it's, uh, which one is the real horror host okay. and which one is the fake one. Okay. Um, and I don't know how to do this. Should I ask just ask both of you ask or should Josh I ask Josh first, first? Ask Josh first. And then Charlie, you, you, I feel like you're gonna be pretty good at this. I might, I might be. Okay. Let me find my list here. How many do you have? Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven. Great. Okay. The first one, Josh, mm-hmm. out of these two, who is the real horror host? Dr. Paul Bearer or Mr. Scary? Uh, I got to go with Paul Bearer. As the real one? Yes, that's the real okay. one. Charlie? I'm going to go with the same on that. That is correct. That's, yeah. that's a pretty good one, Paul Bearer. That's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. <laughs> Funny said Paul Carlson Thompson. <laughs> Just say your name. Okay. Number two. Which of these is the real horror host? I B Ball or Count Scary? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I B Ball is. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be like, what could this be? And I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm getting it. Um, but what was it? Dr. Scary? Count Scary. Count Scary. Yeah, um, he dropped out of medical school. Yeah. <laughs> He's just living with his money. Yeah, he got an MFA. He, he, he decided to. <laughs> Count. Hmm. I feel like there's a theme going on <laughs> with the second one. One of them is going to be true. I don't, what is. One of these is real. One of these is. One, one of these is real. <laughs> this is, this is a, actually a really hard one because <laughs> they both sound fake. Um, I'll go count scary. Cause I don't know what IB ball is. That's your pick for real. Yeah. Count scary. Okay. I'll go with IB ball. Uh, Josh gets this one. Does count oh, scary. Scary. Oh, this is real. Okay. Sweet. Paul, what is IB ball? I don't know. I was just trying to think of scary things. Okay. <laughs> I was like, eyeball. eyeball. Yeah. But what? it can't just be yeah. eyeball. You put it in the middle initial there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those, that middle initial was doing a lot of heavy lifting in that <laughs> name, I'm going to say. I could probably could have put one in there that made a little more sense. But, uh, all right. Okay. Josh? Yes. We have Screwy Gooey and the Cool Ghoul. Oh. Ooh, these are both pretty good. One is real, one is fake. They both sound like uh, monster cereals. I would, yeah, I'd eat both of those. Actually, I don't know if I'd eat Screwy Gooey. I don't think I would either, but he does have the the trappings of, of a monster. Oh, we're monster. assuming that it's a man now. Yeah. Screwy Gooey. I think he's a man. Okay. Um, What was the other one? There's Screwy Gooey and the Cool Ghoul. I'm going to go with Cool Ghoul. That as real? He's real. Okay. Also going with Cool Ghoul. Yeah, that is, yeah. That is correct. That one I knew. <laughs> Screwy gooey though. These are some good. really good names you're coming Screwy up Gooey's with. You could good. take these, reformat your whole show. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna be a horror host. On just this rebrand. Show. Yeah. No matter what we're talking about, I'm gonna bring up a movie or two. You already do. 
Yeah, usually. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I just said that Rob Zombie was on here. I was like, I should say Rob Zombie is one, but we would have known. <laughs> okay. Uh, two more. One's real, one's fake. Mummy Mia <laughs> or Eulogy Mortem? <laughs> Whoa. Um, I want them both to be real. <laughs> I want them both to be real so bad. I feel I like, bad if I made one up and it was actually already taken as a real one. But. I like Mummy Mia. I'm going to say Mummy Mia is real. Is real? I'm going the other way. Eulogy Mortem? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eulogy Mortem is the real one. That sounded... Oh. I don't know that one, but that sounded... At a certain point, I have an ear for it, I think. Probably. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, interestingly, so I, I just have this list off Wikipedia. Eulogy Mortem is the only one that you cannot click on to get their own page. Every other one has their own like link. I'm going to make a prediction here. That is probably someone with a YouTube channel editing Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> great. I'm here for it. That's I am too. Eulogy Mortem, also hilarious. But Mummy Mia, I was pretty proud of that one. That one is all me, That's baby. pretty good. That's really good. I like it. <laughs> Boy, some of these. All right. Two more. Mm-hmm. Marvin and Ralph the Mummy. Wait, is it just Marvin? Just Marvin and Ralph the Mummy. Hmm. I'm going to go with Marvin. We go with Marvin. Yeah, that's correct. Innovator of the art form, Marvin. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I'm just picking these names totally randomly. <laughs> okay. All right. We have Vegas Vampire and Dead Bobby. Mm, I'm going to go with Dead Bobby. I'm going to go with Vegas Vampire. It is Vegas Vampire. What? That seemed that seemed too much. <laughs> it really does. I I want to watch Vegas Vampire. I hope his whole thing was being like kind of Elvisy. That's Elvis what I imagined. Did. I don't yeah. know who they oh. are. That's what I imagined for it. Yeah, that, that would be. That perfect. sounds pretty good. All right. I, how many left do I have? Uh, I got one left. Okay. All right. So I got to make it good. Okay. Sinister Seymour or Doctor Brainless? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with, I want to go with Dr. Brainless. Dr. Brainless. And I'm going with Sinister Seymour. Sinister Seymour. Yeah, ah, I knew, man. I knew that one. Well, that has been Horror Host or Horror Nost. Good segment. Thank you. It was good. You came good up job. with some pretty good names. Screwy Gooey was really Screwy good. Screwy Gooey's Screwy pretty Gooey. good. <laughs> That's a great name. Screwy Gooey. If anybody wants to be a horror host, help yourself to any of those names that I came up with. But I do want some of the money from whatever you do. I'm assuming you make tons. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. That's why I work three part-time jobs still. Is that, that horror well, host just, did not that, work out for worked out for me so well that I am just crawling in money. Now you can that way you can feel connected to the common worker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but the closest I have come to doing anything horror hosting was when was this? I think 2016. Um, Parker Beckley, Halicia Hubbard and I, and Josh, were you part of this too? The, we did the, uh, the haunted house of representatives. Oh yeah. I was there. Yeah. So what we did was at real good studios, we put on a debate right before the 2016 election. I, I think. believe so. Yeah. 
And um, I moderated a, a debate as Jill Frankenstein between a ghost <laughs> and a zombie, um, which was really fun. That a lot sounds of, incredible. A lot of really stupid. We uh, got a presidential election coming up again next year. Perfect time to bring it back. Revive it. Bring back it from back the from the dead. There it is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. The exciting. zombie was very drunk. <laughs> Almost fell over. Fun. Exciting. Yeah. Well, this has been our episode on uh, horror hosts. Very good. Very fun. I learned a lot. Yeah. Me too. I see, didn't know anything like about this. Watching a horror host. See how it see how it infects you. See how it spreads. See how it's important. This was like a horror host, but without the the, the vision part of it. Oh no, we're actually going to now watch Phantasm Three, which oh. starts really good but ends up. So let's let's get Don Coscarelli uh, in here. Let's. We are in a theater. That's true. That is true. We are recording in a theater. How apropos, I suppose. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks Charlie. for coming on the show. Oh Charlie. my god, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime that I can come talk about horror hosting or any of the weird shit that only I really seem to care about, so glad to do that. Yeah, of course. Well. It's time for plugs. There's a lot of things to plug, I imagine. Charlie, what would you like to plug? Well, I do have to plug Trash Vault. Obviously, I am Missoula's horror hostess, so come see Trash Vault every month at the Roxy Theater. Um, This month, August, however, it's Camp Horror Film Festival, which uh, continues that tradition. I'm not playing the same character. I'm playing a camp counselor as we show a series of frightfully deranged movies handpicked by the enigmatic Solvay. Uh, Some great shorts from all over the world. A great uh, Italian zombie movie uh, that we're showing. Uh, we're also showing Rocky Horror Picture Show. We're doing four four um, screenings of that. And William Castle's um, The Tingler, uh, starring Vincent Price, the first movie to ever show someone tripping on acid, and they do it in such an incredible way. Whoa. Got to come check those out. Tickets now available at theroxytheater.org. I do have to just, uh, as a quick like public service announcement, yes, this is the same Camp Horror Film Festival where all those counselors were, were viciously butchered last year. But honestly, what are the chances that's going to happen again this year? <laughs> I no. think it'll be fine. I think you'll be totally fine. You'll be totally safe. But uh, we are not responsible uh, for your death. However, I did run this by Solvay, and I can officially announce it here. If you die of fright at Camp Horror this year, your next of kin is getting a cosmic membership to the Roxy Theater. Whoa. Whoa, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's okay. pretty cool. That's really rad. That's Doc, pretty fun. Was it? Does it have to be listed on the death certificate as cause of death? Yes, it does. Okay. As a so fun there's, fact, there's paperwork. True. I, the, I, I, I might have seen some death certificates flying around, specifically for cause of death fright. So they'll be ready and waiting for whoever dies. We'll have them. This going to be a real spine-tingling uh, weekend. It's August 25th and 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, two days of gore and s'mores at the Roxy Theater. Yep. This should be coming out on the 21st, so it Perfect. is It is that weekend. Yeah, come, come on down, <laughs> four people. Come on down, Max, Joe, um, Mike, you're probably listening to this. Uh, who else listens to this show? Maybe Brendan is listening. Oh, Mark might be listening. Speaking of which, Josh, I have a plug. Oh, yes. So I have an email where people can tell me to plug things that they want me to plug. And uh, Amanda emailed me over a year ago on June 15th, 2022. Um, oh, I was about to read my own email that I wrote back to her. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> so no way. Hit the bricks, bozo. Do your own legs. Heavy lifting. So this, this would have been right before we went on hiatus. So I was not able to plug this until now. 
Um, Thank you for patiently waiting over a year and a half. See, I'm good for it. <laughs> yeah, she's got a gallon of milk she's trying to give away to someone before it goes bad. So if you want, if you want that gallon of 2%, like now is your chance. I bet it's still there. Yeah, it's probably mayonnaise at this point. Mm. And I don't mean that in a good way. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a really good cheese now. You, know, you guys don't want to hear something fucked up? So at I work at a bar, I guess... I don't know if anybody ever listens to this who's crazy. So, <laughs> but like right near the bar, there is like a little free shop where like people like put in like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sweaters yeah. and sweatshirts and stuff like that. The other day I was taking the trash out at night and somebody had dropped off a box of like eight gallon jugs of milk. <laughs> what? Mm. It's like, what? Last night? This was, this was like two weeks ago. Okay. If it was last night, Are it was 80 there? degrees last night. I, I mean, I don't know if they're still there. I think that they're gone, but insane thing to put out. Oh, at a yeah. spot like yeah. that. Like, I get it. People, everybody, if they want milk, they should be able to have it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying don't leave milk outside in the summertime. That's <laughs> dumb. If there's one takeaway from this podcast, if there's one <laughs> takeaway that I want people to do, it's, it is that. That's your life lesson of, don't of the week. leave milk out in the summertime. Anyway, this plug is, uh, hi, I was hoping you could plug my husband's art Instagram account, Unnamed Design, uh, U-N-N-A-M- E D D E S I G N. Uh, he has some awesome drawings of Dragon Ball Z. Huh? Hey. I know nothing about that. <laughs> Marvel characters and lots of thoughts. Uh, those hoes over there. Whoa. Oh, okay. I was about to ask. Yeah. Uh, so there's likely something your weirdo listeners would enjoy. Thanks for utilizing uh, my plug section, Amanda. Yes, uh, thank you. If you would like to have me plug something for you, that's paulplugs4u at gmail.com, P-A-U-L-P-L-U-G-S, number four, letter U at gmail.com. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have anything to plug. The only thing I really will plug, because this is somewhat topical, um, one of my favorite uh, people that make YouTube essays, Captain Christian, made a really good one about horror. Um, I think it's, I, I, I really like it. Uh, I, I am not that much of a horror person, but I like listening to people talk how much about how much they like it. Uh, and I think this is a really good example of that. He talks about a lot, a lot about like horror movies and horror video games and how that relates to him growing up kind of in the middle of nowhere in, uh, Appalachia. Uh, so yeah, there's a really great, uh, horror essay by Captain Christian. That's very good. And also just for the rest of this podcast for general nostalgia, some of the best videos I've ever seen. Uh, I, I, I tear up after toilet attack, uh, skippity bop. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a close second. Um, but he has a really great, uh, essay that I, that makes me tear up every time. Uh, he has a great one about Pokemon, a great one about new grounds and a really good one about adult swim. Those are all very good watches. Um, and he's really good with after effects and he has a great production value. Captain Christian, great guy. Um, other than that, follow the podcast on Twitter. We still have it's it. It's X now. Twitter. It's twitter.com. They didn't change it. Okay. No matter what, no matter what old Musky says, uh, it old still Musky. says twitter.com. So give it time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a, we're on Instagram. Uh, and then you can email us nostalgia system podcast at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon. We still have a Patreon. No one's on it. Really? For uh, good reason. We have not been doing anything. We have not been <laughs> uploading anything on there, but if you are a new listener and you've listened to all the free shit and now you want to 
listen to the paid stuff. It's only three bucks. You can help me offset the cost of paying $20 a month for hosting when we haven't posted anything in a year and a half. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you very much. If you listen to the podcast and don't do that, you're stealing from That's Josh. That's technically theft. And he will press charges. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's about it. That's been it for the episode. Thank you again, Charlie, for for being on and and uh, telling us all about horror. It's fun. I like it. I don't like horror as a genre that much because I'm a little scaredy cat. Uh, but I liked having you on. My pleasure. Thank you both so much for having me. It's always a delight to be able to uh, to spread the things that you love. As I say, um, thanks again. Come come to Camp Horror, please. For the love of God, come to Camp Horror. <laughs> come to Camp Horror. You might die. Isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Nostalgia Entertainment System, brought to you by listeners like Joe.